I think a lot of people have crap diets and they don't put an emphasis on health. I think health should be your number one priority. You know, if you don't have health, then you can't have that 600-pound deadlift. You can't have this world record squat. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Hunter Henderson, a record-setting power lifter. A heads up that we recorded this podcast before the Kern U.S. Open a competition where Hunter won her weight class with a commanding performance and took home a few records as well. Hunter has an interesting focus on cardio for recovery, which is something a lot of strength athletes can learn from. I do want to take a second to say that we're incredibly thankful that you listened to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Hunter, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. You came to our attention through some uh, pretty impressive feats of strength that we're getting a lot of buzz online. So congrats on uh, the recent training progress. How are you feeling and and what are you training for right now? Uh, First off, thank thank you for having me. Uh, it's, It's awesome to talk to you guys. Uh, so right now, I'm currently in prep for the uh, current U.S. Open, and that will take place in about 19 days. You're very specific. I like it. You yeah, know. No, nobody's counting, whatever. Yeah, you know. about, about, <laughs> about 19 days, four hours, and 17 minutes, exactly. Yeah, yeah about that. Uh, so this is actually, this is my first wrapped meet. I have never competed in wraps before. I've only been in sleeves up until now, so... This will be my fifth meet so far. Yeah, fifth. How long have you been training in powerlifting? So it has just, I just hit my three-year mark. Just hit three years. Um, Before this, I did like kind of like a bodybuilder. Uh, You know, I did like a lot of high reps a lot of like AMRAPs, supersets, drop sets, stuff like that. Uh, but I did not eat like a bodybuilder at all. <laughs> uh, had no direction, no coach, had no idea what I was doing. I was just a gym rat. Um, and that's kind of, kind of how I built my base. Well, it's that's the thing. It's it's fun to train like a bodybuilder. It's a lot less fun to eat like a bodybuilder. I think that's uh, a big yeah. part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah, not fun at all. No, no. I had no idea what I was doing back then. Uh, And then just randomly one day I was on social media and I saw a video of Stacey Burr. She was uh, deadlifting at the 2017 Kern US Open. And I, up to that point, I had absolutely no idea what powerlifting was. I, I didn't even know that it existed. And I was just watched her and I was like, man, I kind of want to try that. I kind of want to do that. Uh, so I kind of, I got connected to my coach uh, and the rest was history, man. Have you had the same coach uh, for your entire career so far? Yeah. Same coach from day one, Ryan Silva. That's, that's pretty, 
I don't want to say it's rare, but it's rarer than you might expect. You often see folks like they'll compete for a year and then they'll switch coaches or sometimes their coaches will be like, hey, I'm not used to training an athlete with your potential or something. So it, 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 you don't see people sticking with the coach for that long always. I, I completely agree with you. I, I see a lot of people like, oh, I'm back with this person or, oh, I decided to you know, train myself now and now I'm ne- with this which, person. Which is never like, the right answer, by the way. No, no, God, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no. It's like as soon as people like don't have that immediate success or they don't lose 20 pounds in a week, they're like, nope, we're done. Jump ship. Can't do it. I switched coaches. I'm dropping four weight classes and I need to add seven kilos to my total. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I have three weeks of prep. That's that's yeah. the key. Yeah. Well, I, I also think that it's interesting. And this is not to, like look. People switch coaches for a variety of reasons. They might be moving, or like it's it's completely legitimate. But I will say the thing that has gotten to me a little bit is like coaching, changing coaches. It's like a big reveal on social media. It's almost like a gender reveal for oh, an unborn child. God, that is amazing that you said that because I I literally feel the same way. They're like this big they make like this big thing out of it like oh my god i'm coached by so and so and i'm like it's great love that awesome for you what i started seeing and again if you switch coaches you can have legitimate reasons for it i'm just sometimes a little like the announcements get uh, confuse me a little bit because i've not only seen coaching change announcements like oh i'm changing gyms or i'm changing programs or i'm coaching with this person what i've started seeing is pre announcements so i've seen now people who will post that they're changing a coach and they'll say, stay tuned. I'll let you know where I'm going. And then like a few weeks later, they'll post, post like, here's my new coach. It's like, does that need two announcements? Two? Really? Well, uh, yeah, people, I feel like people take things a little too seriously, <laughs> a little too seriously here and there, but. Well, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's great that it seems like you and your coach have a great relationship. Uh, we do. Tell we us do. a little bit about the decision to go to compete in wraps because you, you've competed primarily only in, sorry, only in sleeves. Yeah. Uh, so I, what was it? The 2020 Kern. I was in prep for that before it got postponed and then canceled. So I got a couple weeks of practice in wraps. Uh, and then it got pushed off, whatever. So this is, you know, my second time training in wraps. It's, it's okay. It's definitely not, uh, my comfort zone. It's a little, just like a step outside of my comfort zone. And I'll be honest, the majority of this prep has just been, it's been hard, like connecting everything. You know, my knees were doing one thing. My feet were doing one thing. Uh, and it was a little disheartening because I, I was failing like week after week. I had maybe a win thrown in there, sprinkled in there here and there. But uh, this, this past week, my body just kind of figured it out finally. And, you know, better late than never, but um, I enjoy it. Do I want to do it all the time? No. And no, and it, there's just so much that goes into it. Like you got to have somebody wrap you, you know, and all this stuff. I'm a pretty independent person. So having to rely on all these people to like get me there is not my favorite thing. Yeah. It's like you have to have five, you have to have five people in the gym just for your squat set. Yeah. Just to, you know, 
do something. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something that has been clearly going well, and that's your bench press progress. Ah, I love bench. Okay, well, that's pretty clear. <laughs> we tend to, we tend to like what we're good at, right? Yeah, right. Right. We take we like in college, we you know, or in school, like we like the classes that we get A's in. Yes, right. Absolutely. So let's talk about let's talk about the let's talk about the bench. Uh, how is that going? What are your, some of your recent numbers? And more so, most importantly. What is your target bench number? I'm going to ask for all your target numbers at the current. At the current, this this podcast actually might come out after the current open, so uh, so we'll we'll know how accurate we get. <laughs> uh, so yeah, bench has just kind of really blown up. You know, I competed in September of 2020. The heaviest uh, I benched there was 319. Last week I did, I think I did uh, three fifteen for a double. Uh, and my best right now is three twenty five uh, for a single. I would love at the meet to hit about three thirty five ish. Um, I think I'm fully capable of that. But uh, yeah, bench has just really, really taken off this prep, and it's really exciting uh, to see. And I've gotten like so confident with like self handoffs um, and just like having, you know, 300 pounds on you. It's, it's, it's a good feeling and it's going really well. What are your, oh, you know what? I didn't ask this at the beginning and I should have. What body weight category are you competing in for folks who might not know about your competition history? Yeah. Uh, so I uh, typically compete in the 165 or the, 165 pound or 75 kilo class. Um, eventually, I would love to compete in other classes, probably go up to maybe like the 181s or maybe even the 198s. But I like how the first thing you say is go up because. Uh, uh, girl ain't going down. Go, girl yeah. ain't going down. This is, this, no. is the, this is the floor. <laughs> this is the floor. We're only, we're only going up from there. Yeah, no, absolutely not. What's, I don't even know the weight class below 165. What is it? 148? Well, for you, it doesn't exist. Let's put it that uh, way. Oh, no, it don't. It don't. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think I weighed 148 in like the fifth grade. I was a chunk. Uh, so the thought of getting that that low right now just does not sound good at all. I'd probably have to lose some muscle to get down to that. So, yeah. I no always thanks. Had, I, had a weightlifting, <laughs> I had a weightlifting coach who told me that if he could cut off my head, I'd be a much better lifter because I'd go down a weight class. And I wouldn't talk back as much. Yeah. So you know that's the perfect that's the perfect lifter. You don't need a and it would be it would, get out, it would get out of the way. Like I hit I hit my on a clean and jerk. I hit my chin once, and he was like, "Look, if we got rid of your head, if we got rid of your head, that's no problem." Anyway, um, well, what are some of your other target numbers for for squat and deadlifts? It sounds like on the squat you've been uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle to get used to the wraps. I mean, look, it's a different movement. The physics changes when you're in wraps. Yes, it does. Uh, so this past week, I hit 625 for a single, which is really, really solid. Awesome. Love that. At the meet, I would love to hit in the 640, 650 range, somewhere in there. Um, and then for deadlift, I, deadlift's going to be exciting. Um, so, exciting, and a good, exciting, I've, exciting can be good. Exciting can be bad. Exciting in a good way. Okay. Exciting in a good way. So for this meet, I would love to walk away with a 600-pound deadlift. 
I have attempted it in training, uh, but I failed with maybe an inch or two to go. Uh, so I think it's definitely there, uh, and I'm really excited for it. You, there are very, very few women who can say they've deadlifted 600 pounds. Yeah. Fewer still, if you if you take the strong woman category out of it, so you take you know the the, the straps out of it, fewer still. You're talking about like you can count them on two hands, definitely, maybe on one hand. So yeah. that's a that's a pretty uh. A pretty historic mark if you could pull off that total. Yeah, for sure. I honestly don't know how many women have pulled 600. There's this, we've, we've actually seen, this is something we should have better records of at, at, at Barbed, but a lot of, there were a lot of like early to that late nineties, early two thousands lifters who would be like deadlift specialists. And, and there were a few, there, there are more than I always think, but there still aren't that many. Yeah. Especially in powerlifting. Now, in strong women, there are a few folks have done it. Like Andrea Thompson very famously did. I think she holds the record now. It's like 620-something. But again, that's really? strong. That's using straps. It's a very different, different ball. Yeah, yeah. I know Cece Holcomb. Her, oh, yeah. Cece's her deadlift, I believe, is the number one, the highest female deadlift. I think it's 622. I'm pretty sure it's Cece who has the best female deadlift. Right. Yeah, I think in powerlifting competition, yes, I think that. Yeah, I think that. I think the, the interesting thing about deadlift is you always have to. You can never look at the super heavies to find the heaviest deadlift, right? You always have to look like one or two or sometimes three weight classes below that. Mm-hmm. And I've heard. I want your thoughts on this. I've heard it. A, it's about sometimes it's about the physics, right? So, like for super heavies, they can squat a house, bench a house, but they just have trouble kind of getting the bar around their bodies. And the other thing I've heard too. And this is something I've experienced when I've gone when my weight's fluctuated. Uh, the lighter I am, the leaner I am, the better I can grip the bar. So I was, I was curious about your thoughts on that. That I have never, honestly, I have never heard someone say that. Uh, the physics things, like the mechanics of it, you know, being at a higher body weight, I could see that absolutely. You know, I'm sure that it's probably a little harder to get down to the bar and get into a good starting position. Um, but easier to grab the bar. Yeah, if you're leaner, you your your hands can get a better a better grip. And if you look at a lot of super heavies lifting, they do tend to miss lift. This isn't everyone, but you see a lot of super heavies miss lifts at the top on their on their grip. Because if you're if you if you're not if you have more body fat, you have more body fat on your hands. Yeah. I don't know. Something just something to think interesting. about. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. We're getting into the real powerlifting, like nerd stuff here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what has your training schedule, or your, I guess your training block, been like leading up to, uh, leading up to the to Kern? Uh, it's been pretty good. Everything's gone really well. I feel like you know I train four days a week, and then the other three days I do like cardio and mobility and stuff like that. Um, so I'm always, always doing something. What's that, what's that split look like across those four days? Uh, so I train on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. But like, what are you training each of those days? Do you have like a different emphasis each of those days? Yeah. So I have two bench days and then, uh, Thursdays I deadlift and then Sundays I squat. Two bench days. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, yep. clearly it's paying off. It is. It very much is. What kind of accessory movement are you are you doing in those sessions as well? Uh, powerlifter, every time I record with a powerlifter, we always get comments like, you got to ask them about their accessory work as if like that's the magic bullet. So I'm asking. Uh, I do a lot of bodybuilding stuff, you know, uh, lat pull down, ex- tricep extensions, push-ups, abs, all that stuff. I do kind of like a bodybuilding style after the main work is done. Yeah. And let's talk about cardio. Uh, you've posted about this on Instagram. You have a little bit more emphasis on cardio than I think a lot of people might expect for a power lifter at your level. Talk, talk about that and the role it plays in your training and your recovery. So I, uh, I think it is so, so important uh, for cardiovascular health and just like recovery in general. You know, if you are just sitting on the couch and, you know, not moving your body, not stretching those muscles, you're going to get tight and you're going to eventually get injured. So I utilize those three days that I'm not lifting weights. I utilize that time to go walk. I just, honestly, I just do incline walking uh, for about 25 to 30 minutes and that's it. I'm done. That's still, that is, you, you've talked about a lot of things doing it bodybuilding style. That's, that's just straight from the days of bodybuilding. You see everyone put on the sweats, they put an incline on the treadmill, they put the headphones on and they just go for 20, 40 minutes. Yeah. And I solely do this for a recovery purpose. I don't do this for like a fat loss, or at least that's not my emphasis. I, I'm not doing this for like a fat loss thing. Um, it's just solely for recovery and keeping my body moving, keeping myself healthy. That's all. Well, more aerobic capacity is also going to help recovery between, between sets and over the course of a competition Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. I mean, a powerlifting power, a competition days are, are long days. It's, we only see nine attempts as, on the platform as a spectator, but we're not seeing all the warm-up attempts. We're not seeing all the times that you might have to re-warm up because you've had too much time between attempts. It's a lot of reps to put on your body over the course of the day. It is. It is. Powerlifting needs are long days. Long days. I, uh, I always... I come from a weightlifting background, and weightlifters will complain yeah. about the length of competitions. And I'm like... Guys, guys, imagine you have three more. Imagine you had another lift and three more attempts. That's how long, that's how long it's going to be. What are some misconceptions you think people might have about? So that's a misconception that folks might have about, uh, that weightlifters have about their own sport, that it takes mm-hmm. forever compared to other things. It doesn't. Yeah. What do you think are some misconceptions folks might have about, uh, about powerlifting from other parts of the strength world or just people in the general population? Hmm. That's a good question. I like that. That's why I ask it. Always the the tough questions here. Misconceptions. I'd say that you can, you know, eat whatever you want and perform great. I think a lot of people have crap diets and they don't put an emphasis on health. I think health should be your number one priority. You know, if you don't have health then you can't have that 600-pound deadlift. You can't have this world record squat. I think people just come into this with the, this idea that they're going to be this huge monster, super strong, uh, and then they forget you know, to check their blood pressure. They forget to you know, get their labs drawn. I think people just 
have this misconception that it's all, you know, all performance and they kind of just leave their bodies behind, I guess. I think people don't put enough emphasis on health and they don't put enough emphasis on the diet and they pay for it. Well, I mean, you're, you eat primarily Pop-Tarts, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's the stereotype people have about powerlifters. Right, yeah. It's, it's Pop-Tarts. We're, we're fat powerlifters. Well, they can, no, no, because you can't be fat if you're a powerlifter. That's what I heard. No, you cannot. That's what I heard. The other At thing least is, not in my world. I told a friend of mine that as a stereotype, which I don't actually think is true. Like I know a lot of powerlifters who, are, who follow very, very strict diet templates and, and care very much about what they put in their bodies. But I did talk to a friend about this stereotype of powerlifters eating Pop-Tarts and then and they were about to join a powerlifting gym for the first time and, and actually work out there. And so they, they, they went and, and the next time I saw them, I was like, okay, how'd it go? And they were like, well, your stereotype was, the stereotype you said was completely wrong. They weren't eating Pop-Tarts. They were eating Uncrustables. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. That or uh, what are they? Uh, Sour Patch Kids. Oh yeah, Sour Patch Kids. Or I see a lot of Sour Patch Kids. Yep. Yeah, gummy bears. Yeah, sour patch kids. Like, I like the flavor though. Gummy bears are too sweet. You need a little sour to cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Another misconception, and this has to deal with uh, the ladies. Uh, something that's kind of been on my mind a lot lately. This misconception that when a woman goes into powerlifting or any strength sport for that matter, that she loses her feminine her feminine side. Uh I feel like I see that a lot. You know, women don't want to lift. They don't want to become muscular or too muscular or anything. So they're afraid to try this awesome sport or this, you know, learn a new thing. And so another big misconception that I can see around strength sports is women and how they think that they are going to lose their femininity by going and lifting weights. Well, I mean, it, it, I think that every strength sport, look, we cover all a bunch of different strength sports at Barbent. I say all of them, but there are some very obscure ones we, we don't cover that often. So I'm not going to say we cover every single one. But uh, you know, I think this is something that in, in all strength sports you see. And look, power, yeah, power lifting, powerlifting is not right for everyone. Weightlifting is not right for everyone. CrossFit, and they're going to be mad at me saying this, is not right for everyone, right? I agree. I if agree. You, if you do CrossFit, go go earmuffs, put your hands over your ears for a second, or go mute, go mute for a second. Look, it's not all right for, it's not, not everything is right for everyone. However, like we're clearly believers that there's a place for strength training in everyone's fitness routine, right? Absolutely agree. Yeah. But at the same time, what I would push back and say is, um, you know, power, if you were aiming for an elite level in any of these sports, it's not necessarily like you have to give up a little bit of your, the focus on the health side because pushing yourself that in, far in, at that far, it's not, it's clearly not the healthiest decision, right? Yes. Completely agree with you there. Like the water cuts, all of it, like that stuff's not good. Right. Okay, it's so, not good. It's so hard on your body. Hitting a weight class, it's like, yeah, it's, it's you, hitting an arbitrary number on the scale relative to your strength is not like you don't wake up that day at competition weight and suddenly you're, health, you're, you're at your healthiest. You're just not. You could be dehydrated. You could be fatigued. Other parts of your life might be compromised. Um, 
all sorts of things. And like, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I do appreciate what you say about being a little bit more well-rounded and focusing on cardiovascular health as well. But I think a lot of people underestimate that, you know, just because someone can lift a bunch of weights. Yeah. They don't necessarily have the most well-rounded health spectrum. Agreed. Okay, who? Uh, I just went on a diatribe there. Sorry to all the listeners. I do that every couple episodes. Who in the sport? Who in powerlifting uh, do you admire? Ooh, uh, man! Give me a second here. No, no one. Clearly, you hate everyone. I, 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 I like people. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily look up to anyone. Um, I did maybe when I first started powerlifting. You know, I obviously looked up to Stacey Burr. I looked up to Steffi. I looked up to all these guys. Uh, but now that I am kind of at this level, I don't necessarily look up to anyone. Um, <sighs> Who do you respect I, in the sport? Not that you're necessarily chasing anyone, but who do you who do you respect? Yeah. Uh, Christy Hawkins. She's in my weight class. Uh, I think she's an incredible person and she's obviously insanely strong. Uh, Brianni Terry. I think that she is an incredible athlete. Um, as far as the guys go, I don't really know. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's 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 fair. <laughs> okay, what about what about in other strength sports? If there's a different a strength athlete not in powerlifting, could be a weightlifter, crossfitter, strongman athlete, arm wrestler, bodybuilder. If you could train with anyone from a different strength sport, who would it be and why? Tia Tumi. Okay, great great answer. Love her. Love her. Adore her. Uh I just love her mindset. Uh, you know, I've heard her on a couple podcasts and I think her mindset is just so spot on and I would love to be around her and like train around her and like have her push me through a workout or something. Uh, I think that would be incredible. I mean, you might regret that halfway through the workout. Oh, I'm sure I would. I'd get my ass kicked. I know that for sure, but I just think she's awesome. I mean, I think it's a great, that is a, uh, that is a fantastic answer. And obviously I have to remind folks sometimes, you know, even if you don't like CrossFit, she also went to the, to the Olympics in weightlifting and won a Commonwealth championship in weightlifting. So if, if you don't like CrossFit, she's also very elite in this other strength sport. So that's something to celebrate as well. Yeah, it is. Okay. What about, uh, if you could compete in any other strength sport. And I do actually, I, I should ask, because some people I've asked this and they're like, actually, I'm going to be switching to weightlifting in a year or something. If you could compete in any other strength sport, or if you have plans to compete in any other strength sport, what would it be? So, I, I don't know if I ever would, but I think that strongman is pretty fun to watch. I think that that would be cool to do at least once or twice. Um, it's probably the one that has the most transferable base from powerlifting. Yeah. Just like brute strength and all this. I think that would be fun. Uh, I would love to compete in bodybuilding. Okay. Eventually. Um, 
other than that, I, I don't think I would really enjoy doing a CrossFit workout. Unless it was with Tia Toomey. Unless, uh, yes, unless it was with Tia. The, the, one, the one exception. <laughs> the one exception. The one time I would do it would be with her. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do one and you're done. Let's do yeah. one, one CrossFit exactly. workout. Pick it, choose wisely. <laughs> I, think, I think you do see a lot of powerlifters going over to strongman with a good bit of with a good bit of success the thing they have to build is is their speed and their work capacity because suddenly it's like oh pick this up cool now run with it now go run yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. please yeah (laughs) yeah some of the stuff they do is crazy i think people really underestimate the work capacity strongman takes oh yeah absolutely i uh i try because we have a we have a pretty good uh strongman um community at our gym and I just tried the log. The uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, I barely had any weight on that thing. And my God, that was so hard. I don't know how they do that. Well, powerlifters always have to adapt to going overhead, right? Yeah, that's hard. It's just it feel it's got to feel foreign if you're in that range of motion. Yeah. But no, that, that'd be interesting. If you ever decide to compete in strongman, let us know. We'd love to cover that. It's always interesting to see people kind of like, it's almost like they have their sea legs the first time powerlifters do something like that. Cause suddenly it's like, you have to move from, you have to like, you can't stay in one spot. You got to move around a little bit. It's always fun to see. Yeah. And hard to train for. Well, where's, I'm sure. Where's the best place for people to follow uh, along with your training? And again, this will probably release after, uh, after the open. Um, but if folks want to follow along with the training, your training and upcoming competitions, best place for them to do that? Uh, best place is just Instagram. Um, my Instagram name is Hunter underscore Marie 24. I post all my training on there. Um, and you'll be able to, you know, watch some clips from the meet on there. So yeah, Instagram's the best place. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and and best of luck on the meet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me.